Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Prime podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. And today, we are taking a look at Regeneration, the penultimate episode of Transformers Prime's second season. No, it's not Regeneration 1, is it? It is, thankfully not. Good. <laughs> Wasn't there an, a Regeneration episode in the Unicron trilogy somewhere? Uh, Armada. Oh. I was gonna say probably. It's, that is the one where, re- uh... Um, like, Smokescreen has been sh- hurt really bad, and Starscream defects to the Autobots. Oh! Uh, oh, right! That sounds sort of familiar. Yeah, you always forget yeah. that Starscream goes full Dinobot in that, uh, on that series. I just remember that one bit with the Minicons. Because <laughs> <laughs> even the Minicons have abandoned him. <laughs> I thought it was a weird but interesting turn for He's sulking. He's sulking and his, you know, Minicon buddies, the whatever, the Darksaber, or I guess whichever Minicons it was he was hanging out with at the time. They're like trying to, trying to make him feel better and he tells, yells at them and tells them all to go away. And then they go away and then he says, even the Minicons have abandoned me. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, to go away. <laughs> you explicitly that- told them to leave. I mean, this is a show that couldn't remember from week to week who was named Leader One. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That is entirely is correct the- and fair. Was that the series they were like um, translating and dubbing like week to week? Something ridiculous. I think that was actually Energon. Oh, oh yeah, Energon I- makes more sense with. I think there was a little bit of that with Armada, but I think it was significantly more of a problem with Energon. Mm -hmm. And then Cybertron, they evidently had a fair bit of time, because that is pretty coherently translated, and they had time to give everybody funny accents. Yes, and they had time to have everybody have actual dialogue in place of, like, the nothing but music of their stock transformation sequences, which was pretty cute. (laughs) And also people saying, uh, a lot? <laughs> yes. I don't know, this character's mouth is open in this scene, but we don't have any dialogue. I don't know, just have him say, uh? <laughs> you gotta put something in there. You can't have them just not say anything. Well, is that better than dull surprise? <laughs> I mean, it's the auditory equivalent of dull surprise. If it was, this, this was a radio play, that would be the dull surprise noise. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Suddenly, a dull surprise. Organ music. Uh? <laughs> anyway, uh, this show, which was not translated from anything to anything, and originally written in English by Marsha Griffin, a frequent prime writer, uh, last wrote Legacy, which was the one where... Um, that was just a couple episodes ago. Yeah, that was just a few episodes ago. That was uh, that was episode forty six. This is episode fifty one, and this first aired October twenty sixth, twenty twelve. Sadly, not a Halloween episode. Aww. Yeah, we we haven't had one. We'll get a Halloween episode eventually, except not on Halloween. Just yeah, I guess we've only ever really had one Halloween episode, unless you want to count like scary episodes that did not actually take place on Halloween. 
which yes. I don't mm. think can really be counted. No. I mean, I guess the kids on this are slightly too old for Halloween. Yeah. Really? I- really? Uh. I- well, there's two ages for Halloween. There's like under eight and then there's college. Yeah, so they're just kind of in the in the middle where you're kind of yeah, too they're, they're kind of old for Halloween, but also too young to have like sexy Halloween fun. Yeah, I I I personally enjoyed like ironic Halloween at that point. <laughs> uh, Rob, you may appreciate that uh, one of those high school Halloween years, I I dressed up as Marvel UK character Motormouth. That is impressive. <laughs> And also, that is a pretty solid, like, costume to pull off. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I had the jacket, I basically had the hair, so I was halfway there anyway. Uh, did he have any to, to uh, go with you as a uh, kill power? No, I probably could have gotten the guy I was dating at the time to, to pull that off, but no. No. Anyway, so... Uh, we open in the Autobot base, and oh yeah, the kids are on this show, because we have not seen them for a while. That is apparently yeah. an actual thing, too. It's not just that they happen to have not been around, they've actually not been, like, having them come over much lately. Yes, like, you're you're not telling us what's going on, and I mean, they're so out of the loop that Miko is pretty sure she's just going to move to Cybertron. Yes. <laughs> But they, I mean, they're, like they're really getting ahead of themselves here. So they're all like, they're, the kids are there and they're talking about how, oh, we're going to Cybertron and we're going to revitalize it and it's going to be great. They don't even have the keys. No, or a way to get to Cybertron. So yeah, we're yeah, it's really funny. getting ahead of ourselves. I mean, I feel like that's kind of appropriate for Miko, but. Well, yes. Settle I mean, down, people. Settle down. I mean, surely Miko knows that, you know, Cybertron ain't no place to raise your kids. And in fact, it's cold as hell. <laughs> and also it's got like a toxic atmosphere, as we le- find out later. Yes. Yeah, you think Jack... Well, Jack would have mentioned it because he was on Cybertron and was wearing like a hazmat space suit thing. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess he didn't mention it to anybody else. Oh, and and I did just check something for my own goodwill. Um, I was wondering, it's like, oh, would, would Miko have celebrated Halloween in Japan? So I looked. Apparently, sometime in the 90s is when Japan started having Halloween, really. Ha. Uh-huh. And we know she loves horror movies. Yes. Yeah. So she might have been into that. Yes. Anyway, so they, uh, you know, and Ratchet indeed busts in on their fun and, you know, he says, you know, we don't have any way of getting to Cybertron. We also don't have the keys. And thirdly, Miko, you're obviously not going to Cybertron. <laughs> Yes. You cannot live there. (laughs) But she wants to. She really wants to live there. Don't you have parents, Miko? (laughs) 
far, far away. She's trying. She's trying to get even further from her parents in Japan, which is there's something going on there that will never be covered because we only ever see one parent. Well, we hear a second, but yeah, yeah, we heard uh, one. I just just realized. Wait, we didn't really see the Autobots last episode except a couple of flashback segments. That's right. Is that is that the first time that happened this in this series that, that we really didn't have Autobots? Uh, yes, uh, yes, it is. Oh, that's yes, weird. it's a, it's kind of the I, web I like world, that. except it's a clip show. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, web world. Oh, web world. <laughs> Such a Anyways, good you could use another one of those crazy episodes. Yeah, so yeah. Ratchet, you know, he, you know, they figured out that you know Starscream probably just went to Megatron and gave him the keys, even though they're thinking maybe that's a little out of character, and they think that you know it would have been more Starscream like to sort of set up like an auction or something. Yeah, yes, to try to sell them to the highest yeah. bidder. Anyway, they end up getting a call from a Decepticon. Oh, oh, an auction episode—that would be fun. <laughs> That would be pretty fun. Which just reminds me of that um, Batman be uh, no, it was a uh, was it Batman and Robin then, or oh, was it just uh, the Batman the animated series one? Batman the animated series, uh, the strange secret of Bruce Wayne featuring Doctor Hugo Strange. Ooh, yes, yeah. I remember Which that. Which is not a great episode, but it's got some fun uh, uh, villain interactions. Yeah, you don't get a lot of episodes with the villains together. No, I I think. Both Poison Ivy and Two-Face are there, and they hate each other. Yes. Yeah. Haha, <laughs> they used to date. Which sort of is. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so they do indeed get a call from a Decepticon, but it's not uh, Starscream. It's Dreadwing. <gasps> what? Wait, what? Dun, dun, dun. So they they get out to this rem- remote, foggy location, which may be the uh, the shooting location for a Candyman movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. right. Again, I think we've seen this set before, but with the fog, it looks really neat and ominous. Yeah, yeah they turned up the fog, so now it looks like they're, uh, they're in Silent Hill. <laughs> yes. Hmm. Which, I I don't think Tony Todd's in those movies, but he's a guy who could have been in one of those movies. Yeah. Yeah, I could see it. Hmm. Maybe. I think Sean Bean's in one of them. Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to assume that he dies. Probably, yeah. Oh, duh. That's, that's a fair assumption. Anyway, so they come out, you know, guns at the ready, but Dreadwing's all, nope, nope, listen, uh, you know, the Decepticons have, uh, m- have, uh, finally violated my arcane code of honor, and so I'm just gonna give you this big ass hammer. Yes, his, his right. Klingon code of honor. Yep, it is yeah, the, the Forge of Solus Prime. I, I feel like he's being like, he's like a reasonable Republican here. He's like, I can't, I can't deal with, with what my leadership is doing, but I'm not going to join you guys. But I'm going to give you one of the most important things I can possibly find on the ship. A hammer to make new weapons and upgrade things. Or literally anything, as we find out. Yeah. I get, uh, you could make a gun out of cheese. Like, like handling, handing them the power of veto. It's weird. <laughs> it's just, yeah, you can make, you can make a sword out of soup. <laughs> Dreadwing is such a confusing character. It's like, he's honorable, but he uses bombs. He's completely loyal to the Decepticons, but he'll steal 
something that was really important to Megatron that he ripped somebody's arm off because of... <laughs> and, and this is all because he's annoyed that Starscream resurrected his dead brother as a zombie. But he didn't well, seem I mean, that's entirely bad. annoyed that... That is pretty bad. But he didn't seem quite as annoyed as he should have been when Megatron was chopping the arm off a past prime. I mean, that's desecrating yeah, someone well. not related to him, I guess, is... His yeah, he doesn't care about that guy. Really I mean, that's that's arbitrary. like an or- that's more of an organ donation, whereas the zombie thing is just beyond the pale. Yeah, yeah. It's... Like if Starscream it's had just, just taken, um, you know, uh, Skyquake's kidneys or something, that's you know, fine, whatever. But just <laughs> resurrecting him entirely as a mindless zombie, and then not even killing, re-killing him. Yeah, That's, not even uh, putting him out of his misery. Yeah. It's pretty messed up. No, no, that, you, you are on Dreadwing shit list. Yes. Yeah. He's gonna come after you with his hook hand and his bees. <laughs> yeah. And but, his Gatling gun. Yes. But that goes to the thing, like, he hands over the hammer, has a thing, Optimus is like, come on, join us! He's like, no, I still hate Autobots, even though I gave you this awesome thing. By taking away from my boss, who condones zombification, and, and it's weird. And then he goes back. Like, why does he go back to the Decepticons at this point? That well, I mean, because he is basically a Klingon, and of course, uh, Tony Todd also played a Klingon. Oh, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, he. I mean, he just because he disagrees. I mean, basically, what he says is just because he disagrees with Megatron doesn't mean he agrees with them, and. And he doesn't really put it in those words. He uses something that sounds a lot more tribal. Yes. But, but yes, that's... Uh, betraying like, my kind is not the same as accepting yours. Yes. Yeah. Which is one of those very, like, you're, you're kind? Like, are you guys a different species again in this version? Are we getting back into that kind of thing? Like, that's a weird way to put it. I mean, we're gonna get the in uh, about um 13 episodes six, so. 16 episodes the whole species thing is going to get very confusing yeah, yeah. that's true uh, anyway so he uh, so he hands over this hammer and he just takes off so hmm. you know we're back at the autobot base and uh, you know People are wondering, you know, okay, you know, the kids are wondering, you know, so, okay, so Megatron has the, uh, the Omega keys and he will restore Cybertron. Is that so bad? And it, it is so bad because Megatron will just use that, uh, basically as his reelection platform. Yes. <laughs> Which, uh, I think, I think at this point, uh, they have the hammer of, they have the Forge of Solus Prime. Uh, clearly they should make themselves a new set of keys out of cheese. <laughs> cheese keys, yes. It, um, yes. Well, they, they mentioned the why politics, you can't make... Mm-hmm. The keys, because it's evolved, but the politics thing here is strange and, and weird and, like, bulkhead, and then RC says, you lost me, and it kind of does lose me. Like, I get the point, oh, Megatron will be the one that brought life back to Cybertron. Whatever the bunk, but the, well, we'll find out in this the sequel series that it's slightly different. In this series, it doesn't seem like there are that many Autobots or Decepticons. Period. Right. 
it, it doesn't feel like there's that many more than the ones we got in the show. There's like a dozen here, not counting Viacons. There's maybe, oh, there's maybe two dozen out there. Yeah, just, they mentioned like, there being yeah. others, like Sea Spray. Poor, killed off camera Sea Spray. Well, and Optimus Prime definitely did his, you know, end of the movie speech to the sky. <laughs> yeah. You know, at the end of that, uh, the five part pilot. I love the end of the movie yeah. speech to the sky. But that, you know, it never pays off because, because of limited voice actors and limited character models. Yes. It would have been nice to have like a flashback episode to life on Cybertron when there was more than five people on Cybertron. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, uh, but well, don't worry. We are going to be seeing a lot more Cybertronians again in about 16 episodes. Yay! Yay, generics! Yeah. Yes, uh, Cybertronian Society is going to make a very quick comeback. Yes. Yeah, that, uh, that's a discussion for another day. Yes. So anyway, it turns out, though, that Megatron doesn't have everything, because in addition to the lock, the keys, you must also have the lock, which makes sense. So, and okay, seem- I just want to take a moment here to point out that everyone seems extremely, like surprised at the idea that there's a lock like what did they think you did with the keys like yeah that's what keys are for is for if if it if there's no lock it's not a key it's just a a widget (laughs) like like did they not assume that if there was if there were keys there had to be a lock somewhere there's only two female Transformers, so the metaphor is kind of lost on them. About <laughs> okay. roller skate keys and roller skates. <laughs> I just, I don't understand how they're so surprised. <laughs> it, it is really weird. I have a brand new Omega Lock. You've got some brand new keys. Yes. Like, I don't know how they're so, like, why they didn't just assume this. And then they're like... They're talking to, to Prime and about like how, oh, well, Prime's keeping things from them and like, oh, well, Alpha Trion told him about the lock, but he didn't want everyone else to know yet. And it's like, or maybe he just assumed that they know what a key is for <laughs> and they would just assume there must be a lock somewhere. And it, and it does seem weird that like one of them brings up, oh, well, we don't have any more Location things, where is it on Earth? It's like, why would it be on Earth? It's the key to cy- keys to unlock Cybertron. It's on Cybertron, dummies. Like Locks don't travel. The lock <laughs> is the static location part of the Well, I, I, I hate to be the um actually guy, but um in si- on the on Transformer Cybertron. Well, okay. the, uh, the third part, the Omega Lock was like a movable doodad. Well, yeah, and, but uh, honestly, in fact, you it got it really... if you purchased uh, the uh, the Primus figure. Yes, yeah. yes, you did. If you got Cybertron, but but it plugged. Into but even it was more like was, a yeah. key of its own. It was just like a key oh. that you put all the other keys in, and then it went into Primus. Mm-hmm. So I would I would argue <laughs> that semantically. <laughs> That actually the key is the part of Primus, the socket in Primus that you plug. That is the lock, is is the socket in Primus that you put the key in. Or the, quote, lock. Anyway, 
Yeah. So anyway, uh, Prime does in fact know where this is because uh, God told him to. Yes. Or we're sorry, uh, because <laughs> Alpha Tryon told him where it is, and he also chose not to tell anybody, uh, which is good because if he told, say, Smokescreen, the Decepticons would know. Yes, which they yeah, do point and, and out. Smokescreen is the you know. Smokescreen is the one that points that out. Like everyone seems wrong in this episode. It's weird. <laughs> Yeah, a lot just of people, kind of a little mad in this episode. A lot of people seeming surprised yeah. about really not surprising things. Yeah. So anyway, he uh, he now knows that uh, you know we've got to get to Cybertron to uh, to plug these keys in. But again, we have no way of getting to Cybertron. But we've got that uh, we've got the Forge of Solus Prime. <laughs> so apparently, Prime could just hammer on the ground bridge until it turns into a space bridge. <laughs> yeah, and, oh, and it's a really awkward scene where he walks over by the space bridge and just sort of steps down off of the ground. And it's a part of the the set we're not used to that. Oh, there's an you could step down and go under the bridge under the ground bridge to hammer things out. But it's like he just sort of steps off as if it's an animation error. It's weird. <laughs> it it does feel a little weird. He's going down into the orchestra pit. Yes. Yes, apparently he is. So, back on the, uh, uh, back on the Nemesis, uh, Dreadwing comes back and, uh, you know, runs into Megatron and Dreadwing does a real bad job of concealing the fact that he's just pretty much come there to kill Starscream and Megatron definitely knows it. <laughs> yes. Like, hey, yeah. uh, so Dreadwing, you know, we're we're about to have a big victory for all Decepticons, and it would be really great if everybody was just pals for a little while and didn't murder each other. It felt like a very like manager speech. Yeah, like we all need to come together for for the good of the company and put aside our differences so that we can make our quarterly goals. Yes, Dreadwing, I demand those TPS reports. Yes. Yes, this is a team building exercise to not kill Starscream until we're done with this part of the plan. But, yeah, but Megatron can't do this. Starscream has my stapler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it, it is a red swing line, and it is mine. It it was a very management sort of speech he gives. Yeah, and. It's a thing that I, well, I guess I'd seen it before, but I only quite noticed it here. How different every one of the Decepticons' eye styles is. Like, Dreadwings is, like, just this pure red blob. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Starscreams is reddish-pink with a white center. Mm-hmm. Knockouts is black, um, Scalera with, with a red iris. Mm-hmm. Megatrons is frickin' evil. Yes. It, it's odd that each one of them has a completely different style. Yeah, he's kind of got the eyes of uh, Megatron's Tyrannosaurus mode from the first season of Beast Wars. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. I can see it. But it's weird that, like, Dreadwings is, like, the least expressive of them. Well, he's probably the most stoic. Well, except for Starscream, who has no eyes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, he's, he's, his eye, like, Starscream has, like, an iris, sort of. Dreadwing doesn't. His is all red. Mm. 
Like you, you could tell where Starscream is looking. That's harder to do with Dreadwing, which is weird. At least for like the noble supposed character that you can't like tell how he's feeling through his eye movement. Oh, uh, maybe that makes him seem more stoic, though. Maybe, maybe. Like you know, he's you know he's because he is kind of Michael Dorning it here. Yeah, like I said, he's the Klingon. He's the Klingon here. Well, as he's about to find out, it is a good day to die. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so we're we're uh, we're in the medical bay. Uh, knockout put his uh, Starscream's waking up from surgery. Knockout put a teacog in him. I don't think we know where that teacog came from. Is it the same one that he got from that dead Starscream clone? I mean, I Possibly. or did just or did some Viacon just get volunteered? Well, I mean, I. I got the impression that they had to, like, be, you know, like, a blood type match or something. Mm. I, it, it's not like there is a limited supply of Viacons, and not that in a recent episode some of them weren't volunteered to fall off of a spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that was one guy. Yeah, but so he amazing. blew up, but maybe his teacog was fine. <laughs> Uh, it was pretty great. Anyway, so, uh, so Dreadwing, you know, he, he busts in and, uh, start, uh, what I love here is that Starscream yells, you know, you know, he's come to kill Starscream and, you know, Starscream yells, knockout, help me, knockout just runs away. <laughs> not my problem. Oh, I love knockout. He's so good. He's just not, <laughs> not having anything to do with this. He's just like, nope. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna pick sides here, so, uh, bye. Yeah. <laughs> so he heroically runs away. Yeah, so, but Megatron gets there, and he tells, not, you know, he tells Dreadwing to cut it out. Dreadwing will not cut it out, and so Megatron just kills him. <laughs> Which, uh, th- this seems like a mistake on Megatron's part. <laughs> like, Okay, well, although uh, it turns out maybe it's not. Well, yeah, it, it's weird that it turns out it's not, because, like, Dreadwing has been super loyal this whole time. He's got a code of honor. He's just pissed off at Starscream. And if you let him get, kill Starscream, there'll probably be no problem. But on the other hand, this Megatron does seem to be working on the blackmail. And it's like, I saved your ass, Starscream. Don't make me regret it. Yeah. Which seems to work. Yeah. Starstream's like, all right, yeah, let's uh, let's do this. So also, he he shoots just like a big hole through the center of him that you can then see Megatron through, and that seemed like exactly the sort of end. I was like, so so that kills him because that seemed like exactly the kind of injury that was just used for comic relief in Beast Wars. Well, nobody's as durable on this as they are on Beast Wars. Yeah, yeah, no, like. Viacons die from easily having their heads knocked off, so yes, durability in the show is very different. I mean, maybe that's where his spark was. Maybe. Well, yeah, it should have been like in the spark area, the cockpit section is usually where the spark chamber is. It just mm-hmm. uh, He goes out really pitifully, kind of. Uh, I don't know, pitifully. It seems like I mean... we can't, well, it, really quickly anyway. It's just like, okay, we can't afford him anymore. He's going on a movie or 
something and we have we have to have more voice actors next episode so we got to get rid of somebody well yeah, they're, we're, they're shooting final destination six next week <laughs> i mean i'm sure there's also the fact that like you really cannot i mean that that is a conflict where something is going to have to give you can't have Dreadwing just hanging around with Starscream there, knowing what Starscream did, and just be okay with that. So you kind of yeah. have to push things there. It Someone does seem had like to it, die. Yeah, it, it does seem like it would be a cop out if both of them lived. Yeah, yeah, but it, it it just feels like a meta decision in that. Oh, the fandom loves Starscream, so we have to kill the other guy. Well, you know, people love buying toys of Starscream. Have you? It's true. There's like a new one every year. Yeah, it's like yeah, whether we need it or not. People like love Starscream. Bumblebee had a big mm. rivalry with somebody. You know who's going to win that? Ah, Bumblebee can't have a big rivalry with anyone. He's a big sweetie. I mean, maybe Barricade. It's like maybe. an evil cop. Yeah, well, he's got Barricade. Yeah. Um, oh, was wasn't there like a Legend Scale two pack with him against? Was it a flame war or something? It was a black car. I can't remember what it was called. Oh, I think it was flame war. I think it was flame war, or or shadow striker or something. Oh yeah, it was something along those. Well, and he—that's his big rival yeah. in um, Transformers Cyberverse. Mm-hmm. Shadow striker. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Except he doesn't remember it because he's like needs an adult in that series. <laughs> So, uh, so anyway, uh, that is a wrap for Tony Todd. Thank you for your, uh, thank you for your service. Yes. And, uh, we're looking forward to that new Candyman movie. Yes. <laughs> he's, uh, he's gonna be in it somehow. Ooh, nice. Yeah. I may they'll just mess with everybody and he's just playing that coroner from Final Destination. <laughs> yeah, no, I usually, yep. I'm usually here to talk about what happens if you tamper in death's domain, but, uh, I can't really help you with, like, a guy who's, like, full of bees, and he's got a hook <laughs> hand, and he comes through mirrors. He's, a, he's, he's, he's all over the place, and I am out on this one. Call me next time you don't get, like, crushed by a lumber truck. <laughs> Todd out. Anyway, so, uh, so, uh, now Starscream, he is, uh, he is messing around with, uh, with, with these keys. And, uh, he and Knockout are trying to figure out how they work, uh, seemingly like those chimps from 2001. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it, it's very weird. They, they just, like, Starscream's banging on the desks and, and Knockout's like, oh yeah, like, like I didn't try any shit like that. It's like, you moron. They're, they're quote, sword fighting. Yeah, oh. Yeah, this is definitely, <laughs> um. That's one of my notes too. <laughs> Uh, just being catty at each other and accidentally almost stabbing each other, and then oh, the keys sort of glue to each other. Bye. Yeah, they they sort of origami together to make a thing, yes. and then that creates a holgra- it uh, produces a holographic map of Cybertron with a big "You are here" sign on it, which is presumably where the Omega Lock is. So it's time to fire up the space bridge and get a move on. And then Megatron comes in and he's like, oh, well, of course, there has to be a lock to these keys. And I'm like, finally, <laughs> finally, someone <laughs> understands how keys work. 
Well, there, there's another big finally at the end of this episode. Yeah, that too. So anyway, uh, we're back at the Autobot base. Prime has somehow Tony Starked this uh, ground bridge into a space bridge. With the I mean, they are They are kind of in a cave, and he may or may not have a box of scraps. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's he's got a hammer. He's going to hammer in the morning. He's going to hammer in the evening. And he's going to hammer out danger all over this land. Yes. So they uh, they de- they detect the uh, Decepticon space bridge firing up, and it is time to spring into action. So it's time for a prime speech. Yes, it's time. You know, oh, I feel like it's been a while since we've had completely unnecessary. I mean, I guess it's not entirely unnecessary, but feels like it's been a very long time since we've had uh, Transformers the movie quotes. Yes, because we straight up get a oh, Megatron must be stopped, no, no matter, matter the cost. The cost. Yeah. Well, I've got Which some bad news for you. Next uh, episode is called Darkest Hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sure is. At least, well, it, it's a movie quote, but it's not one that's used overly much, but, uh, What, the, the Darkest Hour one, or? No, no matter the cost. Oh, yeah, darkest that's... Darkest Hour is, is, it's two words, it's vague enough, I can't complain about, but we must do yada yada, no matter the cost. It's like, eh. Yeah, I think I think it's really the one shall stand, one shall fall thing. That's yeah, that one's I'd never want to hear uh, that again. The most egregious, because who who says that? <laughs> no one. That's who. No one. Well, says you're not that. even saying that. You know, I shall stand, you shall fall. It could be either of us. Who knows? Yeah, it's just saying we got to fight. Yeah, it's it, it's saying there can be only one with more words. Yes. Okay, so the, you're you're counting this as the prime speech that makes this number thirteen. Ooh. Okay. And and yes, we must use all the gizmos we've collected in previous episodes. Yes, it is imperative. All the gizmos, which was surprising that uh, yeah, that- pick up one of them, or that smokescreen picks up the one that should not be used. Oh God, yeah, the the he's using the lament configuration again. Yeah. Gonna summon some Cenobites. <laughs> I like that RC goes for the armor because what RC needs is to be bigger. Because she's not murdery <laughs> enough. She I mean, needs, she like, is the tiniest, though, so it makes sense. I mean, if you're gonna give that to, like, Bulkhead, is he even gonna fit in it? Yeah, I mean, no. that's that's fair, but also, like, she's already extremely murdery, so... <laughs> I. I think it would make more sense maybe to give that to Bumblebee, but putting RC in that means it's easier to spot her on the battlefield. Yes. She's not a tiny spindly thing. Yeah, so, uh, so she takes that, um, Bumblebee uses the polarity gauntlet, which gives you magneto powers. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, what, one of my notes is that, oh, we get X-Men powers now. Yes. Yes. Everybody get your X-Men powers. Uh, Bulkhead gets the immobilizer, which looks like, um, which looks like a shrimp fork in his hands. It, yeah, it, especially when he's using it in a little bit, it's, it's gonna look really sad and pathetic. He's given the dinkiest weapon. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Smokescreen uses the phase shifter, which is the, the Kitty Pride thing. Yes, Again. because that's the one he likes. Yeah, so he, he's Kitty Pride. Bumblebee's Magneto. RC kind of becomes Colossus. Which yep. I guess makes uh, Bulkhead Banshee. 
Sure. Uh, kind of, uh, I well, can't think specifically. I mean, maybe he's kind of more like Iceman because he's freezing guys. It, yeah. It freezes? I'll, I'll allow yeah. it. Also, may or may not be gay. Yeah, I guess. Yes. <laughs> Ambiguously gay. And, uh, Prime, re- uh, uses the Forge of Souls Prime to recreate the Star Saber, which I guess makes him Psylocke? Shatterstar? Sure. He gets Wolverine, like a- kind of? Magic? Without uh, the demons? Um, not a lot of X-Men with swords for some reason. I guess, you know, usually mutant powers. Uh, no. no, no. I guess the, the Silver Samurai. Yeah. That, that's a mutant power? Well, he, yeah, he like has, like... Well, no, he, he can channel, like, electricity. So he can, like, channel mm-hmm. electricity through the sword, I oh. think. Okay, <laughs> I did not know that. There's something to do with uh energy and the sword. I'm not sure it's specifically electricity, but he definitely has a power. <laughs> oh. Yes. Anyway, so Megatron heads off with Viacons to uh through the space bridge and the Autobots all head out they leave uh ratchet behind and they're head to the sea of rust which i have is always kind of ambiguously actually a sea yeah it's yeah. it's a really mysterious kind of concept because yeah is it like just a big basin that's just accumulated all the rust flakes so that it's like quicksand or is it like just a place where everything's just barren and rusty or yeah that's that's one of those combinations of words that sounds kind of badass but the actual implications are are kind of confusing and we've definitely seen it in we've definitely seen it in fiction where it's like like a sea with water but it's like rusty Mm. water yeah really we have i i thought at least once we'd seen it like it was a sea, but now it's rust. I didn't know we saw it as an actual sea. It well, it's like, it's like a fluid. Oh, like it's, um, in the uh, apparently it is that game, in... it was just like this, a desert. Okay, in the Beast Wars Uprising fiction, it is like, like a body of water. And in a, uh, in one of the bios for the Transformer, for the, uh, uh, movie toys. They describe it as being full of poisonous oxide sharks. What? Yes. You can't just sharks have swimming in the sea oxide of, uh, sharks. Can... That's not a thing. It's um. Remember nope. they made the remember they made that sort of like legend scale devastator for Revenge of the Fallen. Yes. And then they made one that was like Generation One Devastator colored, and they said that he took his color scheme from the poisonous oxide sharks. Of the Rust Sea. But, but, (laughs) how are they oxide? What makes them oxide sharks? I mean, the same way that any other, like, Cybertronian animal is just an animal with, like, some sort of bullshit robot name in front of it. So, like, a Turbo Fox. (laughs) Yes, or or a Guinea Pigatron. (laughs) Ant droids. Yes. Which which Megatron says Starscream could not lead to a picnic. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Anyway, the, the fight so, scene happens so ev- and it looks really cool. 
Yes, this is an excellent fight scene. Everybody's using crazy powers. Um, RC is just on a murderous rampage. Yeah, um, Optimus slashes through multiple Viacons, yet it doesn't actually cut them in half. Just makes a weird noise and knocks them backwards. I guess his sword isn't sharp. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's he does he does the sort of wave the sword and it makes an energy thing. Yeah, that is such a video game power. It's like it's such a video game thing for a sword to do. It's clearly just like the thing your sword does when you hold down A for two seconds. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. It's a half circle forward and fierce punch. Yeah. Or I'm remembering Samurai Showdown wrong. Uh, Optimus Prime definitely, like, got the, the mushroom, and, and now he's big. Yes. I don't know video games. <laughs> also video game related, yeah, RC has respect from DPS to tank for this particular <laughs> encounter. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's like, it's the most involved fight I think we've had, because it's like the five Autobots... Megatron and a shitload of Viacons and good fighting, and most of them are on the screen at the same time. It's really nice. I will say this is significantly better than the fight that takes place halfway through Dark Phoenix. <laughs> oh. Still have not seen that. Still don't plan on seeing it. It's, uh, you can probably wait for it to show up on TV or whatever. It, yeah. It's okay. It has moments. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and uh, Bumblebee, unfortunately, due to his uh, mutinous, cannot be just dropping Ian McKellen lines while he's using these magnet powers. Alas. <laughs> you should have killed me when you had the chance, Charles! <laughs> I mean, you know, these Viacons just don't know who Charles is. They're anyway, like, what? Uh, back back on Wait, Earth. Uh, is it, isn't there a Viacon G- named Steve? There might be one named Charles. <laughs> There is later one from named Steve. There, yeah, there could be one named Charles. Yeah. Not to be confused, of course, with Steve from accounting. Yes. <laughs> Who is? I, I appreciate oh. that that was pointed out, I think, by Monzo, that, uh, he is neither the first Steve nor the first Transformer whose, whose occupation is accountant. <laughs> but he is the first one to be both. <laughs> the first of his name. Yes. So anyway, back on Earth, uh, Jack is just been waiting outside school with Raph and Miko for an hour. Nobody's picking us up. They call the Autobots and Ratchet is very short with them. Like, we're, we're busy. No. Does he not understand that humans cannot turn into their own transportation? Like, they need someone to drive them around. It's possible he can't. I don't, hey, listen, it's, 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 uh, it's 2012. Has Uber been invented yet? Call an Uber. Yeah. <laughs> Have you humans invented Uber yet? <laughs> it was invented millions of our years ago. <laughs> it wasn't actually sustainable, but for a brief period in Cybertron's golden age, we were able to get from place to place very cheaply. <laughs> it, it made overcharge a, a billionaire. <laughs> hey, imagine that is especially unsustainable on... A world where everyone just turns into vehicles. Well, see, they they, they were special. They specialized in picking up like guys who turned into like stuff. Aha! Uh-huh. Yeah, that's so, like that your your, your lamppost guys. Uh, you know your cassettes, guns, cameras. Oh, may, just I, I'm just picturing Soundwave commuting uh, now. <laughs> oh, that's, 
That's adorable. Excuse me, I requested a silent ride. <laughs> no, but it makes sense. Like th- that's how he made it. Whole his little recordicon friends because he always had to carpool. Oh, wow. Yes. And they just picked up a cat and a bird one day. Well, two birds. I'm just here with a couple of dinosaurs. I'm hoping they're going to the same place. <laughs> uh, anyway. And, and that's three birds. You forgot about uh, Squawk Talk. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, he comes later and almost never shows up in fiction. Of course, it's easy to forget. It's true. When he does, it's usually somebody's legs. Yes. Yeah, as a monkey's legs. Uh, anyway, uh, back on Cybertron, <laughs> Smokescreen becomes a mass murderer. Oh, yes. It- yeah, like, okay, so here's, that's, that's a question answered for us. Yes, Viacons do have sparks. <laughs> because <laughs> yep. he straight up murders them. Yeah, well, they, they did have souls, but they don't anymore. Yeah. Now, this, this feels like an incident of going over the line. Like, yeah. the Autobots were trying it, to get it, away. It is yes. not hands that call us. It is desire. <laughs> and they were getting away. The Viacons might have been able to catch up, but Smokescreen stays behind to set off the soul-sucking box thingy and and kills dozens of Viacons. It's excessive? Because... They weren't in combat at yeah. the time? Like, he, he sends their their souls screaming to hell. Yes. Yeah. Um, to the Inferno or the Pit, depending upon continuity. <laughs> or maybe just Oblivion. They're just gone. Yes. It will tear your soul apart. Oh, yeah. What is it like to... How do you destroy a Decepticon... Or a Transformer Spark? Can a soul die? Well, it's kind of like, um, well, it's like that bit in Beetlejuice where they get to that room where, like, all the souls that have been exercised are. Yes. Where it's like the afterlife for the afterlife. Yes. Yeah. So you gotta deal with, uh, you know, that, that catty lady poking her head in, uh, in there and, I don't know, showing you to Alec Baldwin. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, so Megatron, in a, an act of heroism, destroys this cursed object. Yay! By throwing his dark saber, his dark star saber. Did he say it was the dark saber or the dark star saber? The dark star saber. That's, I mean, yeah. neither option is good. They're both like, Megatron, please be better at naming things. But, yeah, okay. Anyway, he just destroyed this unholy artifact with a sword made of devil blood. Yes. Which I'm pretty which, sure is also the, uh, the plotline of a, uh, of a Ronnie James Dio concept album. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's, it's pretty hardcore. Anyway, so he, you know, most of his vehicons are gone. He's calling for reinforcements, but hey, Starscream and Soundwave, they have figured something out. Uh, what is it? So the, the Autobots get to this thing, uh, the, the Omega Lock. There is a big, cool transformation sequence where they, it sort of forms this kind of stonehenge robot thing. Yeah, it It's like, like a big portal up, in the air. It looks very cool. It's, it's pretty yeah. neat. It's pretty neat. You just kind of have to see it. Yes. Uh, and, and in fact, the, it, it's sort of like an energy liquid 
effect that forms above it that very much reminds me of how they sort of depict, depicted the the Vok powers on Beast Wars. Yeah, well, it just reminded it's me very, of a Stargate I mean, it's very kind of like Stargate. Yes, it's, it's sort of except it's uh, watery it's, uh, and bloopy. It's horizontal instead of uh, vertical. Yes, yeah, it's an overhead Stargate. Yes, and also this show was recorded in the States, so it's not full of pe- people from Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> but Vancouver. Indeed. Anyway, so uh, so they're about to, you know, restore Cybertron, because they've also stolen the keys, which they did with the magnet powers. Yes. Yeah. Bumblebee, with his magneto powers, just steals all the keys, and, like, each of not them sure. gets one. Each of the non-prime Autobots get one. So, so Megatron gets there and he's all, okay, listen, hand over the keys and, uh, you know, this is over. And, you know, they wonder why, you know, why should we hand over the keys to you? You got nothing. But indeed, it turns out that he has the kids in special little cans. <laughs> <laughs> they have handles on top. Yes, they built them yeah. little terrariums. It's a good thing they had these things handy. Yeah, just little round canisters. Oh God, why? It's like a bank canister. Why did they have the little meat bag containers? That's weird. They're they're gonna send them through like a a pneumatic tube, like at a bank. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they kind of look like uh, like the pods that uh, like Mars Attack style aliens would keep people in. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So maybe the Decepticons, you know, before. Megatron got back. They were just doing a little casual cattle mutilation. Maybe, mm. maybe. Oh, wait, doing some um, doing a little anal probing. Yes. Wait, di- didn't um, Arachnid have like cylinders like that on her spaceship? Maybe. Oh, I think she did. Yes. I don't know if they were that size. So they just come standard issue. In case you need to abduct somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you just need to abduct somebody. So that means the fifty-one <laughs> episodes in, the Decepticons have finally figured out who these kids are. And where they live. Yes. It took them long enough. It took them very long enough. Silas figured it out before this. You would really think that, like, at least Soundwave would be able to, like, trace some of their communications or something. But, no, apparently that's asking too much of them. I mean, he took a picture of them, like, back in the pilot. Yeah. Yeah. Nope, they just couldn't put two and two together. Well, they've may- really been dragging their ass on this thing. Well, he's been working on it for a while. Maybe they, maybe they hadn't made the school yearbook yet and put it online until now. So, <laughs> and part of it might also be that they just they cannot distinguish one human from another. That's possible. Yes. So, uh, and they're all okay. Well, so listen, you hand over the keys, or we open up these cans. And they're exposed to Cybertron's toxic atmosphere, and they die immediately. How's so, that sound? So, like, it's got to be really toxic for them to die immediately. Like, you would think it would normally take, like, at least several seconds. Yeah. I mean, it's very poisonous, I, I guess. guess so. Well, yeah, it, it's like, what is in the atmosphere? Like, is it just going to rot them? Is there any oxygen there? Or is it all, like, nitrogen or some ridiculous shit? And my cat stepped on my keyboard, so I think I might have lost a couple seconds of me talking. Thanks, cat. <laughs> oh, no, a cat. <laughs> cat. Do, 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 do,
Yeah, think about that. I haven't, I haven't yes. seen Keyboard Cat in a long time. I was doing the music. I haven't heard it in a long time. Well, it, well, should we get to rescue bots, uh, via some affordable means? Uh, they do a key, a pretty decent keyboard cat gag on that show. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, we. As there is a recurring cat. Yes. Aww. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, listeners, eventually we will probably do some rescue bots. Maybe not all of it. But the problem is finding it. Because it was never, it was never all released on. It used to all be on Netflix, and it is not no. anymore. Um, I think the first season may be something, or at least on America. Yeah, first season's on theirs, but not all of it's there. It's yeah. like over a hundred episodes, the longest Transformers animated series of any kind. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, access to it is um difficult. Yes. But, you know, we'll figure things out, and uh, I'm sure we will do at least a selection of episodes, if not all 100-odd So many episodes. episodes. Yeah, that, 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 would, that would be two, year, two years of rescue, but that's, that's a bit much. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we would require rescue yes. ourselves. Are they, half, are they full-length episodes or half-length? Full-length episodes. Dang. <laughs> I think the the new Rescue Bots Academy or whatever those are uh-huh. half length. Oh, okay. But then so yeah. is Cyberverse. Yeah. Which honestly is the only thing that makes it bearable. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I don't think I could take half an hour of that show. Uh, anyway, so yeah, yeah, that is that is regeneration. Uh you know, pretty enjoyable setup episode. Very good uh, yeah. battle scene. Uh, yeah, the fight was good. Uh, it felt like half the characters were out of character. Like at, at the end when Smokescreen is like, I don't deserve the honor of inserting this key. And I'm like, what? Yeah. I mean, he's learned his lesson, I guess. I guess. character development. That's, I'll, I'll allow that. But yeah, that's, that's a hell of a development. It, it seems like too much character development. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much. It, it's he's gone from Rodimus to Bumblebee. Uh, Bumblebee from except any they other have a Bumblebee. Series. They don't need another Bumblebee, but I guess yeah. they could use one who can talk. Mm-hmm. I think yes, a Bumblebee can say words. Is nice. There was some genocide carried out by the Autobots in this episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean not genocide, just mass okay, murder. Totally different. What the hell? But it, it, it's mass murder after the battle happened. It's it's a little bit much. Oh yeah, and I forgot to mention that uh, Megatron. Is it here that uh, hmm? Megatron? Blah, blah, blah. Is it this episode that Megatron gets his arm hacked off, or that's next episode, isn't it? Yeah, that's next episode. Next episode. Okay, okay. Right, that is right. Sorry, my notes got a little mixed up there. Okay, so yeah, um, enjoyable episode. Uh, st- I'm. The Dreadwing stuff kind of works and kind of yeah. doesn't. And I, I will yeah. miss Dreadwing. Yeah. I liked him. Alas. Yeah. Uh, but of course, we'll be back next time for the exciting conclusion of Transformers Prime Season yeah. 2. Aw, oh, man. Until then, of course, you can find us all over the internet. We're on uh, Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on the crumbling rust sea of... Uh, <laughs> Of Tumblr. And we are sponsored by iaconunderground.net, uh, and we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting costs and other expenses. That is patreon.com 
slash Iacon Underground. And uh, this month, I guess it would be still be this month, we will have Godzilla King of the Monsters coming up real soon. Oh, That's man. right. Uh, one of us is more excited than the others, and I think you yes. can guess who. Up from the depths, 30 stories high. Oh shit, backup recording doesn't detect my mic. Oh fuck. Cat, what the fuck did you do to my mic? Cat. Oh, cats. So until next time, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. No, I'm David, and I hope this is actually recorded. Alright. Oh, Jen. Um, yes, my lines are squiggling. With- okay. An hour or so after this, hopefully, I will be done editing the Patreon episode. Okay. As soon as I add even more songs into it. I see. (laughs) It needs more music about Godzilla. If we ever get a Patreon copyright claim, I'm guessing this will be the first. (laughs) (laughs) We have those? Is that a thing? I... uh, I think supposedly you're not supposed to put copyrighted music into Patreon episodes, but uh-huh. we're so dinky small, I don't think anybody's going to notice. It is true that we are very small. <laughs> Plus, I try to keep yes. them really short. I think, at least at one point, there was like some sort of vague rule, like, keep it under 30 seconds. I try to do that, usually. Or okay. fade it into the background, and who gives a shit? It's, it's not quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're uh, we're we're so small. We spell it S M O L. Yes, I've already put I think four or five songs into it. <laughs> Most of them faded in the background. Mm-hmm. And this is all Godzilla type stuff. Uh, well, there's Rodan's theme from the movie. There's uh, G- uh Gamera theme in the background. We're talking about that for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, th- there's, uh, a jaunty tune from the 1974 Mechagodzilla movie. Or, or was it the Gaiga movie? One of them. One of the 70s ones. Uh, there's a song I'm saving for the end. I haven't actually put in the, the awesome Surge Tanky and Blue Oyster Cult one. That'll be probably when they get to the big fight. Maybe I'll fade that in the background. Mm. Aw, oh, that's a good one. I'm having too much. It's a long episode, but I'm having fun editing it. Good. <laughs> fun is a good thing to have. Yeah. Okay, episode. All right. All right.